Today is Monday, July 26th. The title for our devotional is The Question. Last week, we explored the general significance of Jesus' combination of loving God with loving others. He dramatically altered the Jewish people's understanding of what it meant to follow God. Our vertical relational health must be met with our horizontal relational health with one another, as Jesus makes clear. In this vein, Jesus tells one of his most famous parables that really emphasizes this teaching well, and also gets at our natural tendency to look for a loophole. Luke 10, 25-37 begins like this. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus then launches into the parable of the Good Samaritan, which we will cover the rest of the week. But for today, let's just focus on the first part of this exchange. Tomorrow, we'll look at the second part, and then the rest of the week, the parable itself. In his question, he's essentially asking what he must do to participate in the resurrection of the dead, that is, to be saved, as we would describe it today. And ultimately, what is life all about? What is the meaning of it? What's the purpose? What's this all driving towards? Which is a common question today. This seems to be a rather common way of phrasing the question in Jesus' day, and quite clearly the topic of debate since he was attempting to trap Jesus with this question. You can also check this out in Matthew 19:29, Mark 10:17, and Titus 3:7 and 1 Peter 3:7 where this question is kind of phrased or the similar language is used to describe eternal life. The phrasing of the question it seems strange to us. At first glance, doing and inheriting seem at odds, right? Since one is qualified for an inheritance simply by their position in the family, not by what they do or don't do. Yet, the Old Testament often talks about the land as the people of Israel's inheritance. Their possession of the land was contingent upon their faithfulness to the covenant. So their punishment for disobedience to the law would be expulsion from the land, which eventually occurred in the exile. And again, that is to forfeit their inheritance. So there is a sense in which their inheritance was contingent upon their doing. This idea Paul speaks to strongly as a work of God in his predestining believers and calling them to adoption to the people of God through Jesus Christ. This we'll read about in Ephesians 1, uh, which we'll read for additional content. We should also note that this expert in the law is testing Jesus and not genuinely asking to gain information. Luke makes note of this. He isn't asking to actually hear what Jesus has to say and learn from him. Instead, he's asking to, quote, put him to the test. This is all too common in our human experience. How many talk show hosts ask questions to test and trap their guests rather than asking and allowing them to answer out of their expertise? That this is the case is obvious by the constant challenges and interruptions in their answers. This alone makes those shows unbearable for me to watch. Then we do this in our conversations as well. How often do you ask questions in conversation because you're genuinely curious about the other things, about what the other thinks on a topic? Or do you find yourself asking questions to lead them to a certain place where you can catch them contradicting themselves or prove your point? We must learn the art of genuine curiosity and question one another appropriately. Even further, we do this when we read the scriptures and the words of Jesus. 
We don't read to be illumined by the teaching of Jesus and conform our lives to the truth we find there. Instead, we read to, quote, test Jesus. We test his teaching to see if it conforms to our preconceived notions and convictions about how we should live our lives, what is true, and what is moral. What he says that coincides with our pre-existing beliefs, we accept. What he says that conflicts with our pre-existing beliefs, we reject. This is altogether backwards. Jesus, the Word himself, must be our ultimate teacher. That is the one to whom we give authority to change our hearts and our minds. For additional content today, as I said earlier, I kind of got engrossed in the idea of inheritance and inheriting eternal life and the seemingly conflicting nature of those two concepts. The what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then we see how Paul kind of flips this idea and, and he makes it a work of God. In Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, here's what he says. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the time, when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in, with a, marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. For reflection time today, uh, reflect on the verses that we've just read. How God has predestined, called, and adopted you who believe in Jesus to be his child. He has thereby granted you an inheritance, eternal life, life in his kingdom, acceptance by God, and salvation. Reflect on how the people of Israel could not maintain their inheritance that God gave them. So now in Jesus, God has done what humanity has been incapable of doing throughout the rest of history. Praise him for the inheritance that he has blessed you with and the Holy Spirit whom he has given you as a deposit guaranteeing that inheritance. Also, reflect on how you read scripture. Don't be like that teacher of the law who comes to Jesus and questions him to test him. Don't read scripture to test Jesus according to your own preconceived notions. Commit to reading scripture, to learning from him, and to building your life around the truth of his word.